Hi, and welcome back to Unsighted, the internet's least reliable English lit podcast. I'm Chantel. And I'm Amy. And Amy is drunk. Uh, yeah, um, I had some unfortunate news today, and I have panic attacks. Like, I have a panic disorder, and I couldn't deal with it, and I'm alone in my house, so I decided to drink a quarter of an Appleton Estate bottle, shotgun my first beer, and eat pad thai. Merry Christmas! Yep. <laughs> this is fun. This is better than crying. Podcasting is better than crying. So um, while Amy is drunk, I have started a small glass of wine, and today we are having a magical Christmas extravaganza, which we planned before, and then Amy also got drunk and blindsided me with, um, we're doing French music, apparently. I'm gonna give you guys a Franco-Ontarian culture experience after we're done what we're doing. We might not get there, so this might be cut. Merry Christmas. So yeah, we're doing a Christmas extravaganza. Today, we are talking about Frosty the Snowman, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and The Night Before Christmas. Which is not even its real name, but yes. Twas the Night Before Christmas? Not even its real name, but yes. What is it? It is A Visit from St. Nicholas. That's outrageous. I'm appalled. I learned all of this while I was in the hospital for what I thought was chest pains, but was just constrochondritis, which is an inflammation of your chest wall, which I got from the COVID I got in early November. And now, coupled with everything else that I have, I have long COVID. Everything is right. Amy's doing great. We're having a bad time. Remember when I broke my ankle again? Oh, 2022. Amy's doing awesome. Yeah. Send your thoughts and prayers. Please. Um, I want to talk about Christmas. Ah, it's such a wonderful season, isn't it? (laughs) The Yuletide time, if you will, TM, is so nice because you get to see people you love or don't love. We'll talk about that maybe some other time. And you just get to enjoy food. And I think food is the best experience we get to have in life, which is why today on a day where I had a shitty ass fucking day, I ordered pad thai from these really nice people I see at the farmer's market all the time. And I got yummy food. I'm very excited. This is not clean language, but it is Amy gives life advice. If you're feeling sad, have a food you like. Hot takes with Amy. Do you remember, Chantel, when we were in school and you would tell me, I would ask you, how was your day? And you would tell me if you had a good or bad food day. (laughs) I do. I do remember that. At the time, I was like, ugh, yeah, great, fine, whatever. Tell me what you actually did. And now as an adult, I'm like, Chantel was onto something. I was having like such a rough time in third year that the only thing I had to look forward to during the day basically was like eating food. So I would like revolve my day around planning the best possible meals I could have. I was kind of always like annoyed about it because I was like, I had food as well. But now as an adult who has like money and like a life and stuff, I'm like, you know what? When I feel really sad, all I want is to have really good food experiences. And I have made it so that no matter what my budget looks like, if I have the opportunity to have a good food experience, that's what I'm going to spend my money on. Yeah. Okay. I started with I want to talk about Christmas. What I actually want to talk about is these two Christmas songs. So I was looking into these two Christmas songs, Frosty the Snowman and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, can I? some thoughts. Can I interrupt your thoughts? Of course. Drunk Amy just had a realization that these are songs and not just TV specials. Oh my god. Have you heard the songs? Yes, obviously they're in the TV specials. All right. But 
when you were like, we're going to talk about Frosty the, the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Frosty Snowman. Frosty the Red-Nosed Reindeer, yes. That's when you the were thing like, that we're talking about. We're going to talk about Frosty. I was like, oh, Frosty's my favorite Christmas special. I can't wait to talk oh, about goodness. it and how much it makes me cry all the time because of the greenhouse and I cry. No, like we're talking about the song. I am perplexed. We'll talk about the songs and you can also chime in with your talk about the TV specials. Okay. So Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Frosty the Snowman are songs that I grew up with. I grew up in a house that did a lot of like caroling. Like we went around with all the kids and we would like carol to all the neighborhood houses. I thought that was just a TV thing. Interesting. And it was very cute. But also like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Frosty the Snowman seem like very strange songs when I think about it now because they seem like they've been around forever and ever. But then also at the same time, they seem very contemporary. So I had no idea what era they were from when I started researching them. And would you like to guess? Mm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm eating pad thai, so I don't get super drunk and throw up. Mm-hmm. Um, 19, no, 1890 to 1910. Okay, you're very wrong. They're from 1949 and 1950. Okay, then. I looked up Frosty the Snowman first, and it turns out that they're sung originally and recorded by the same person. Is that why it's all claymation? Yes, that's cool. why it's all claymation. <laughs> 20 years later. So Frosty the Snowman was recorded by Gene Autry and then written by some people. And Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was recorded the previous year by Gene Autry and written by some different people. Frosty the Snowman was just like made up. It's a totally made up story for the song. And it was written because Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was so popular the year before. And they were like, let's capitalize on this because capitalism. Mother is the nature of all invention. (laughs) Nope. Yep. (laughs) What's the expression? Necessity is the mother of invention, but I don't think that's what you're actually trying to say. (laughs) I'm sorry. I love you all so much. (laughs) Keep that in. This is going to be fun for people. I am going to keep it in. Yeah. So Amy's doing awesome. And Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was written (laughs) by songwriter Johnny Marks, but it's based on a 1939 story, so 10 years before, called Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And this story has its own whole history. Is Johnny related to Carl? I don't know. Okay. Probably not, because it's spelt very differently. Can I interject with a sidebar? Isn't that what you always do? (laughs) So... In Brooklyn Nine-Nine, there's this episode where they go, it's it's called the Beach House or Beach Party or something. It's when the team goes to our next podcast. It's going to be Brooklyn Nine-Nine related. It's not important. Are we sure? Yeah. Uh, so they go to this beach house to like hang out with all the team and whatever. It's like a team bonding exercise. And they talk about the various Amy's that they get when they have drinks. And six drink Amy in that TV show is a crying Amy. Four drink Amy is supposed to be super charismatic. I think tis the opposite. Because <laughs> I'm about to cry about how cute through all the red known reindeers. Oh my gosh. I'm eating. It's fine. Let me tell you about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the 1939 book. So it's it's a pretty wild story, and there's just a lot to it. Kind of like me. I'm a lot. It was written by Robert L. May, but it was published by the department store Montgomery Ward because they used to, like, offer a cheap option to get people in the door and to, like, build goodwill in the community and be like, here's a cheap thing you can give to your kids for Christmas there where you don't have to spend a whole bunch of money. The Amazon model. Yeah. So they like contracted Robert L. May to write this book. And here's a thing that I couldn't confirm, but my mom told me. 
And she told me not to cite her because she wasn't sure if it was true because she had read it like five years ago and couldn't really remember. But I couldn't confirm it or deny it. So I'm going to cite her. And too bad, so sad. Did you tell her that our entire premise is that we're uncited? I didn't, but I feel like that's implied. It's okay. the title. Tell you about my lover. Okay, I will. So she said that the rights to the story originally belonged to the department store, right? Yeah. So like if you are contracted to write something for a company, like the rights belong to the company. But it was getting so many sales throughout the years that they gave the rights back to the author. That is so kind. The author wrote this story because he was about 35 years old. His wife had a severe illness. He wanted to write the great American novel, but he needed to make money to pay for like medications and treatments and stuff. The American dream. So he was writing like descriptions of shirts for catalogs and he was working for this department store and they were like hey you want to write this book and he was like sure i'll write this book they were like we want it to be about animals and he was like cool because those kinds of stories were doing really well at the time and then he wrote rudolph the red-nosed reindeer and it did really well and then he made a heck ton of royalties off of it because they decided to give the rights back to him and that's the story i like that i like men i like guys who are wife guys when they don't cheat on them yep that's the tea that's not a reference to anything in particular, I'm sure. We are part of the pop culture canon because yes. we're a podcast and we have views, listens, mm-hmm. and we can comment on our contemporaries, which I believe the Try Guys with the tripod are contemporaries. This is probably going to be our best episode. I'm sure it will be. Would you like to hear my comparative analysis of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the story, and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the song? You're so smart, Chantel. Okay, I'm going to tell you how much I think you are smart, and people will have to listen to it. I think. I have always been really intimidated by how like smart you are because I think you were always more clever than I was. I was kind of always like off the beaten path, but you always had like great ideas. And I can't wait to hear about your thoughts about reindeers and Frosties. Not of the Wendy's kind, of the snowman kind. And I'm happy that we are friends. I love you so much. You're my best friend. Besties for life. Are you going to be my bridesmaid? Are you going to ask me to be your bridesmaid? Yeah. Oh, dear, no, I wasn't prepared to ask you right now, but my brain forgot I hadn't asked you already. Yes, I'll be your bridesmaid. Okay, thanks. <laughs> oh, no, she's crying, guys, and she's not even as drunk as I am. I'm not drunk at all. <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm so excited. This is good. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I was going to ask you in a more like fun way, but then I forgot and then I got overwhelmed and now we are here. Thank you. You will be a, an honorary, not an honorary, but like a very much bridesmaid's bridesmaid. Thank you. I'm sorry that I'm drunk when I'm asking this. <laughs> I was trying to figure out a clever way to ask you and then I was like, I should do it on the pod. And then I was like... <laughs> This is good enough. Make Chantel cry on the pod. It's for Christmas, so people think it's fun. Yep. (laughs) But also, like, how could I not ask you? You and I have been roommates, whether we were actually roommates or not, for four years. And you have seen me through, well, a lot of things. And I think it would be weird if you weren't my bridesmaid. You know? I'm so happy. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) I'm happy you're happy. And I love you, and I want you to be my bridesmaid and have fun editing this episode. Yes, 
I will have fun. Uh, I feel like this is the episode where we lose all our listeners. No, I think this is the episode where people go, wow, these people are so, like, non-sequitur, you know, because that's how people like me. Let me tell you something, readers, listeners, people, about why people enjoy having me as a friend. I am very hashtag chaotic, but also very, like, good with people. So I'm very humble. Would you say you're chaotic good? Yeah. Um... (laughs) I am a very good person at giving pep talks. People love me because I give them pep talks. You do give a good pep talk. But also, I'm really weird. Um, in like a fun way. I have to own it because I, if I don't, then the anxiety shines through too much. And we don't want that because then I get drunk and it's not fun for anyone. Cue Chantel editing this episode. So, one time I cried about the Library of Alexandria. Yes. And now we are here. Hi, Glenn. We're doing great. I missed what you said before. Hi, Glenn. So I just heard hi, Glenn. Great. <laughs> Can I apologize? Okay. This this is in the spirit of Christmas. Christmas is a time for us Catholics to think about rebirth and joy. That's Easter. To Glenn, I apologize for cyberbullying you. To Ben and Nate, words about books. I also want to apologize to you guys. Overall, I think our podcast contemporaries are very cool people, but I know you can take it. And that's why we have this relationship. Hot dish. Hot dish. Okay. Well, now that we're done with all that, <laughs> would you like to hear my comparative analysis? Of, of course, Rudolph I love you so much. <laughs> so, okay. So I read Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the story. Obviously, I have Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the song memorized, because who doesn't? Do you have the movie memorized? No. Okay. I've seen it a couple times, but no. Only a couple? Only a couple. I know the gist of the plot. But okay, so Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the book, is basically exactly the plot of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the song. But what the song has done is it has removed all agency from Rudolph. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer does not do any action verbs in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the song. Like, imagine writing a narrative where the main character doesn't do anything. Like, what would you even get? You'd probably get, like, Twilight or something. I was going to say Princess Bride. (laughs) The only verb attributed to Rudolph is had. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer had a very shiny nose. And then all the other things that happen, happen to Rudolph. So in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the book... He has a shiny nose. He's made fun of by the other reindeer. But when Santa has the foggy night, he doesn't just like come out and be like, Rudolph, this is your time. You know, he has like a Santa's team choosing time where he invites all the reindeer to come and he's going to choose like the best, the fastest, the brightest reindeer, the best at taking off, the best at navigating. And he's going to invite them to be his team. I don't know if this is where we get the like Dasher Donner Blitzen thing, but he does list all of those. And I think this might be the origin of those other reindeer names as well in 1939. But he chooses all of those. And while he's doing that, Rudolph hides in a bush. He like hides his body in a bush and he sticks his nose out and the nose looks like a shiny berry. And then Rudolph is like, you know what? Actually, this is my time. And Rudolph comes out and then Santa's like, 
oh, wow, you're like super shiny. I can actually see now because it's foggy and I couldn't see before. And then they put the harnesses on him and then they go. So like in the story, Rudolph has to overcome his own anxiety about being seen after he's been bullied. But in the song, it's just like he's bullied and then they're like, okay, go. Now it's you, man. It's all you. So I think... That's an interesting adaptation. And then you can kind of project like whatever narrative you want onto Rudolph though, because he doesn't do anything in the song. And the song's the thing that gets adapted into other things because it's so popular. So that's why in the animated version, I think he's like doing all this stuff and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna like fight back against my bullies because you can project whatever you want. In the original story, he was doing stuff. He was a victim. He was doing stuff. But in the song, he doesn't do anything. So because he doesn't do anything, you can imagine that he's doing much more than he was originally doing. And I think going up against your bullies is something that's already pretty big. I always liked the... Well, okay, no. I didn't always like the story of Rudolph because I always felt like a lot of secondhand embarrassment as a bully kid with Rudolph. Mm -hmm. And I always felt really bad for him. And yeah. it made me really sad. Yeah. But also, it's kind of interesting that his name is Rudolf, which is a very German name at the height of, like, at the beginning of the Second World War. That's a good point. I don't know what point that is, but it's a point. All the names on Santa's naughty list, like, his good list and his bad list in the book are written down, and they're all, like, the whitest ass names you've ever seen in your life. Like Charlie? And my mom's name is in there. <laughs> oh. Yeah. But is she on the good side? And my grandmother's name is in there, and my aunt's name is in there, and my grandfather's name is in there. It's like the whitest names you've ever seen. Are you ready? Yeah. John, Mary, Leo, Betty, Ralph, Peter, Henry, Ruth, Sally, Huck, Joan, Jane, Tammy? But it looks like Tamis, so maybe I don't know what that is. Edward, Michael, Francis, George, Lucy, Carlton, Pierre, Pierre. <laughs> the French Canadian representation we need. That one's half cut off, but it is on there. There's a French movie called Ugh. No, it's not. It's not called that. Yeah, it is. And it's <laughs> about cavemen. And they're all called Pierre, which is French for little rock. And this entire thing is that there's this person who like infiltrates the ranks and they're called Guy because their tribe is called Guy. And <laughs> the people who are in the Pierre tribe have to be like, oh, your name is Guy. Guy. Because they don't understand that people can't be named Pierre. What is happening? What is happening right now? And then there's like a, a really interesting time where like the guy tells people that it's going to be all dark because the nighttime's coming. And then they have like a fast flash forward to the present thing with like laundry machines. It's a real thing. I've seen it more than once, but it's called... Ugh. It sounds like a fever dream. I mean, I might be having a fever it? dream. Like multiple R's in a row. How many R's? Like seven? Seven R's. Okay, so it's called three capital R's, four non-capital R's, three <laughs> exclamation points, and it's from 2004. In 3500 BC, the tribe Dirty Hairs is in a war with the tribe Clean Hairs for 800 years what? trying to get their shampoo. The chief of the Dirty Hairs sends his daughter Guy disguised as the en to the enemy tribe to get some shampoo for his tribe. Then the healer of the Clean Hair tribes surprisingly kills two cavemen of his tribes. Their imbecile chiefs assign pairs Pierre with curled hair 
and Pierre Blonde to investigate the murder and find the criminal. <laughs> is a nonsense and silly but very hilarious French movie. I liked a lot this original comedy, which is unforgettable, but reaches the target. Here's the thing. Is <laughs> that French people are always drunk. You know? Yeah. I have Have I you have ever a met a not drunk French person? Well, I have a corker who is from France and she's quite nice. French Canadians are always drunk. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's about Stone Age people, the good hair, the bad hair, and it's called a, ah, and it came out in 2004. This is great content, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is amazing content. Okay. Frosty. Frosty is a much different story. Frosty, like, does stuff. He, like, does stuff the whole time. Happy birthday! I mean, sure. <laughs> okay. So in the 1950s song, Frosty he... He comes to life and the song narrator, the song has a narrator. It's not just an objective voice. It's like projecting its own opinions because the song narrator is like, there must have been some magic. There must have been some magic in that old top hat they found for when they placed it on his head, he began to dance around. So like, it's not confirmed that there was magic in the hat. It's not confirmed that the hat is bringing him to life. It's just the narrator like projecting that it must have been the hat. It could have been the, the magical belief of the children. And that's my reading of the song actually, is that it was the magical belief of the children. It's the magic of Christmas. And Side note, Christmas is not mentioned in the song. It's not a Christmas song. It's a winter song. It's like a wintertime Yuletime song mm -hmm. movie. Yeah. So he like comes to life with the magic of the children, according to me. He dances around. He laughs. He plays. He is jolly. He tells them when the sun is hot and he's about to melt. That's so sad. That let's have some fun before he melts away. Global warming is real. So he knows he's going to die. Frosty has a very evolved concept of his own mortality. Oh, is that why it's my favorite one? Probably. So this version by Michael Bubbly doesn't have really? the very scary thing, but one of the choruses is thumpity thump thump, thumpity thump thump, look at Frosty go, thumpity thump thump, thumpity thump thump, over the hills of snow. Yeah. And I always pictured that as like they had him in a sled and they were like pulling him, like in Jack Frost, which side note has the best version of Frosty the Snowman as a That's song. That's so sad. Very excellent, though. <sighs> the song that they sing, like the jazz version of Frosty the Snowman at the beginning, is the best version of that song I've ever heard. But anyway, I picture like somebody pulling Frosty in like a sleigh and they're going like thump, 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 you know, like when you're going over bumps in a sled. Somebody, thump, thump, yummy. In a toboggan and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And it's like thump, thump, thump over the bumps. Yeah. No, I don't think that's what it is. I think he's got like frosty legs. He's got like snow legs and he's like running over the hills of snow. That's a horrific image. No, he's jumping. He jumps in the TV he's show. He's jumping? That's he's worse. He's jumping. So he goes like, he jumps, he goes thump, thump. That's so thump, much worse. Thump. That's worse than I ever could have imagined. Just love Frosty. Can I tell you, can I interject? Well, what else is new? So I had a Frosty when I was a kid because I got really emotionally attached to things because the trauma. Um, and I had a Frosty and I love this Frosty. And then my dad used the Frosty's head as a plug for our chimney. Long story. No. And I have yet to forgive him about it because I really love that Frosty. He got me like a Frosty plushie later on, which was great. I still love that plushie very much. 
But he he killed my Frosty. What did, what was the Frosty you had before? Was it not a plushie? No, it was like one of those plastic ones. Oh. That you could put a light out outside kind of thing. Hmm. From like the early aughts, I guess. Yes, the early aughts, as we all know. As we all grew up in. All of us. And I love that Frosty. Like, I had multiple pictures with that Frosty. He was a friend. And then my dad decapitated him. So we fixed it's our, like um, our relationship. in Christmas with the cranks where you're like standing outside the house and you're like, free Frosty, free Frosty, free yeah. Frosty. Yeah. I cried when he did that. Like when I yeah, figured out what he had done. I would be so mad about that. I was sad. I also hold a grudge much like you. So I... I would be in the same boat. I don't blame you at all. I hope all of this makes it in. Yep, it is. It is making it in. We're keeping all of this. Okay, um, so that's what I had on Rudolph and Frosty the Snowman. But you said that you did some reading on The Night Before Christmas, which is not called The Night Before Christmas. Okay, when I say I did some research, I meant I had chest pains and I went to the hospital and I tried to distract myself. So I learned about The Night Before Christmas, which is not known as the night before Christmas. That makes me so mad. Okay, so A Visit from St. Nicholas by Clement Clark Moore was published in 1823, but was only claimed through authorship by Moore in 1837. 23 and 37? Yeah, Bob. That's 14 years. Yeah. What? Why? What did he do in between that time? He just like... So the there reason... There wasn't an internet to post it on. What did he I do? Can't, I did can't he like explain. write it on telephone poles? He like so wrote it in the snow. He published it anonymously as the Bobs okay. do. All right. And then was like, oh, people like this. But because he was such an academic scholar, he didn't want to be tied to this weird prose that he wrote. Oh, it's like us with our podcast. Even though this is on my resume now. Shout out to future employers. The poem has been called arguably the best known verse ever written by an American. Wow, that's quite high praise. Yeah, so it's about this family settling down to sleep and the father's like awoken, kind of like in Santa Claus, but not at all. And he looks out the window and he sees Santa Claus with his sleigh and his reindeers, which is kind of interesting because the reindeers, I guess, are like an early invention of the Santa Claus myth. I mean, reindeer are real animals, so... They're called caribou in Canada. They're called reindeer in Europe, though. Yeah, well, Europeans are always wrong. Okay, <laughs> that's a hot take. I have trash-talked the Americans so much, the Europeans can take some of it. I feel like the Europeans always also trash-talk themselves. It's not their fault they're British. All of the Europeans are also <laughs> British. At some point. Brexit wasn't a thing. Brexit wasn't a thing. Okay, so the sleigh that Santa has that's pulled by reindeers is landing on the roof. And he slides down a chimney, you know, like in the movie, and carries a sack of toys like in the movie. What movie? And what movie are you talking about? The Santa Claus. I just mentioned it. Did With you? Tim Allen. Yeah. Okay. You know Tim Allen? He was I in... know the Santa Claus. I was also thinking of the Santa Claus because they talk about this poem. I just didn't think you mentioned it. Yeah, that. he was in Home Improvement. Do you know Home Improvement? Home Improvement is my entire basis between clean language. <laughs> Beside the point. So he brings a sack of toys and the dad here watches Santa Claus give the presents and laughs at himself. Basically being like, ha ha, why have I been buying Christmas presents when this guy does it all? And then they share a conspiratorial moment before Santa bounds up the chimney again 
again and flies away. Santa calls out, Happy Christmas to all and to all good night. Is that what it's about? Well, it's about a guy seeing Santa Claus come into his house and being like, huh, cool, he does all the labor. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't really grow up with this poem per se, but I did grow up with the Santa Claus in which Tim Allen's character does read this poem. So that's basically my basis. Yeah. Okay. The authorship is questioned. It might also be authored by this guy called Major Henry Livingston Jr., Maybe, but he didn't claim authorship. And you know what? Finders, keepers, losers, sweepers. Yep, that's the law. That's how it'd be sometimes. Nine-tenths of the law is finders, keepers. Exactly. Plead the fifth. We're Canadian. We know how this works. <laughs> so anyways, the authorship here is not really important. The fact is that this was often put to music. For example, Christmas song writing specialist Johnny Marks also composed a short version in 1952 titled The Night Before Christmas Song which he recorded multiple times and was used in the soundtrack for the TV special Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Fun. So it's all tied together or whatever. But, you know, it was read or recited in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, The Santa Claus, Reindeer Games, Falling Chris- from Christmas, and also inspired the 2001 film Twas the Night, two television specials called The Night Before Christmas. Anyways, what I'm saying is this is a poem that I, as a ESL English major, thought was the shit. I published it on full text on my Facebook wall twice. <laughs> I am not proud. So it, to you, it is the great American poem. I didn't even know it at the time. But yes, um, Clement Clark Moore, an American writer, scholar, and real estate developer, he may or may not have owned slaves. It's undetermined if they were actually sold or liberated before he got them into his possessions. It's really creepy. Oh dear. It's always bad times. But apparently he was very much pro-abolition. That's the tea. Okay, wow. That was a lot of tea. I don't have a lot of thoughts about it other than he wasn't anyone's Poe, you know? Did you know that A Visit from St. Nicholas, aka Twas the Night Before Christmas, is written in anapestic tetrameter, which is the same meter as Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? That checks out, Bob. <laughs> oh, while we're spilling tea, I have some tea about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah, please tell me more. So apparently it was initially rejected because in the 1930s when it was written, a bright red nose was closely associated with chronic alcoholism. Wow. Not sure why, because if you've ever seen someone with chronic alcoholism, their nose is very clearly purple. If they have skin pale enough to show the color of their nose, it's a purple nose. But yeah, a bright red nose was associated with alcoholism. So they were like, no, we can't do this. So then Robert L. May asked his illustrator friend at Montgomery Ward named Denver Gillen to draw a cute reindeer using zoo deer as models, which is not a reindeer. A deer is not a reindeer. So that's why he looks like a deer and not like an actual caribou. Yeah, I guess that's why. That makes sense. That's why like all the other, the other reindeers look like real reindeers, but he does not. And that's why he's an outsider because he's an imposter. I don't know. All of the ones in this story look like deer to me. And all, in fact, all of the reindeer I've seen look like deer. So I wonder if the story that Robert L. May wrote was the basis for how reindeer are 
supposed to look because reindeer are an animal and they're caribou. And then if you have seen a caribou, they just don't look like deer. Sorry. But yeah, he drew like an alert bouncy character and that convinced management at Montgomery Ward to support the idea of a red-nosed reindeer. Can I talk about... Interject? <laughs> yeah. I want to talk about French-Canadian Christmas traditions. Okay. For five minutes. Okay. Five, five minutes, minutes on the clock. Go. So French-Canadian people are frequently Catholic and we go to this thing called Christmas Mass. We don't really go anymore because we're kind of like only Catholic by paper. But we still have these gatherings at Christmas around like the time between the 24th and the 25th starting at 8 p.m. going well into like the morning hours called what we call a réveillon which is a time of getting up translated in English. It's weird. Um, but essentially it's like a party overnight. Kind of like how people celebrate New Year's but we celebrate Christmas that way and we have have a bunch of food, but a lot of our time together also revolves around like music. And some of that is called an answer and call song. In English, most of those are like sea shanty types, but we have non-sea shanty type songs that are like that. And I don't get to go home for Christmas this year. And that's kind of sad. And I wanted to share this like fun information about um, how French Canadian families, which were often very, very large, like obscenely large because of the Catholic church is weird and how we all got together to spend time together. And I wish that the people who are listening to this have the chance to spend time with people they love. That was nice. Happy holidays. Okay. Well, that was certainly a thing that happened. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you so much for listening. If you made it to the end, congratulations. You are a top fan of Unsighted and you get the official Unsighted badge, which is currently on the way to you in the mail. Don't ask how we got your address. It doesn't matter. And it was Amazon. <laughs> And we wish you a very happy holiday, whichever one you're celebrating. And we will see you in the new year, which will be in two weeks. We hope to see you in two weeks. And as always, we're excited and available. Wow, I'm going to need to edit this episode. Someone is. Someone is. <laughs> Someone is. Okay.